I'm going to ask a quick favour. If you're listening to this, please hit the subscribe button and the follow button. Like, share, rate, review the podcast. It helps more than you realise. And then she looked at me and she just flipped. So it was a very severe issue she had. And she produced a lighter out of her pocket. Um, and she said, I'm just going to blow us all up. And she and she meant, she really definitely meant it. It wasn't just a, you know, and to, to, and she, I, I didn't even know she had, a, you know, it's just incredible. And I could tell that she literally held it in front of my face like that. And I literally had the flash, the flash of, right, that's it, I'm done. But I wouldn't change any of it. I learned so much about myself. And the best thing I really learned from it is that we are all only ever equal, no matter what you are doing, whether you're sat on the street begging for 2p or if you're in your beautiful eight-bed mansion house, those two people will always and forever be equal. And often the ones that have, obviously, the, like, the least are actually the more humble, kindest people on the planet, ironically. It's not just about the numbers. Um, it's about doing something more. And those are the kind of people that come my way because there's something in my message that appeals to them. And actually, they've realised that the numbers are in the bank accounts. You know, the, the charts are all looking fantastic. Um, however, that has only fulfilled them to some degree. And you mentioned at the beginning in the intro, what I call it, empty success syndrome. You know, and you've, you've achieved that, but actually, partly, it was never about that. It was about, again, you're proving something to someone, possibly. Um, and also that there's, there's only a certain level of fulfillment that that gives. And it's, what do I do now? Who am I now? What have I learned? And what can I, what can I do to give that that incredible experience the negatives of that is the guys have to it's all about striving for more bigger house bigger car better car um, holidays holiday home there's there's this this continuum that the you know obviously companies corporates we're, we're a market market economy the the corporates you know encourage us to feel and think like this as well um, and it's all bs quite frankly and i've met too many miserable millionaires so I, I, it is absolutely BS because one one question I'd like to throw in is very hot potato for me at the moment. If if um, if this is resonating, the the key question to ask yourself at any point in your life, but especially if you're on that ladder, it's like what is the feeling you're looking for? What's the feeling you desire from that you feel that you believe you're going to get when you've achieved that? The existence for human humankind in the developed world there's an irony um is up here you know the existence is here this is where all the stress is we're not we're not we're not just in our brain we've forgotten our hearts and dropping into the heart consciousness and allowing yourself to breathe through through the you start breathing you're naturally your your internal systems your chakras will start engaging with each other more um, and that's where our truth is that's where our presence is that's where our richness is it's in our hearts and dropping into that and allowing that true sense of feeling and of love. It's its real simple. All you need is love. Welcome to the County Business Talks podcast, powered by Picturebook Films. Here, we're going to be talking to entrepreneurs and business owners from across Sussex, delving into the mindsets of what makes them really tick. Okay, welcome to another episode of the County Business Talks podcast. So my guest on the podcast this week has had quite a diverse career. Since leaving the police force in 2003, she's become a consultant, mentor, coach, keynote speaker, international best-selling author and publisher. She helps 
Many of her clients find answers to the biggest questions, your what, why and how, and believe success is to be felt deeply, not simply viewed objectively. Delighted to welcome Joe Baldwin Trot to the podcast. Joe, how are you? I'm really good, thank you, Sam. Really good to be here. Ah, it's yeah. Awesome, so we've obviously met recently and a couple of people have mentioned, oh, you should get Joe on. And I, I just when we sat opposite each other and we were talking about stuff the other day yeah, um, at the lunch, I was like, oh, look, it's going to be a fascinating conversation. I couldn't wait to get you on. So, look, thanks for coming in. Um, we're going to look, going to jump straight in. Um, obviously, just mentioned there about your, your sort of career and leaving the police force and stuff. So, uh, um, yeah, tell, tell the listeners a little bit about your background and your story and, and where that sort of started and then where you are now. Yeah, so I was um, I was one of the few at school that knew what I wanted to be when I grew up. Um, the irony is I'm still growing up and I still don't know. But, um, yeah, so I, I was the one that always knew and I wanted to be a police officer. Yeah. And uh, it was partly because my na- there was neighbours in my little village I lived in and uh, there was a couple, a man and a woman who were police officers. And now, looking back, hindsight and obviously retrospect, they there was something about them their honesty and their absolute passion for what they did and that mm. that kind of right for justice i really relate to that and i just and everyone sort of really you know really sort of listened to them and i thought wow that's amazing i really would like to do that mm. and like to support that putting things right in society because obviously i had a magic wand yeah. you know i could just <laughs> wave it the minute i started so um so that was my real calling um at that time mm. And uh, so everything about my, my career, my education, I went traveling first, thought I'm gonna get the traveling out of the way. I went to Australia, worked in the outback for a year. Wow. Um, and then I sort of worked in Africa and then just did some crazy, just different work just to get experience. Yeah. Got my degree, did a business degree. Thought, right, I've got that. So I was quite strategic, even though on paper it looks a bit random. Yeah. It wasn't as random as it looks, yeah. I promise. Um, but ultimately, I just was just f- fulfilling all my kind of desires at the time and really listening to my gut, which was saying, oh, wait to go to university, don't rush. So when I did my business degree, I really enjoyed it. And I was really grateful to have some amazing mentors and some amazing uh, lecturers who inspired me, taught me about the importance of brand, obviously something you're very good at, Sam. Yeah. Um, but, you know, all these things. So that was all nuts and bolts. Started the police, and I'd already been a special constable for two years, so I'd got a feel for policing in Bristol. Yeah. Um, but I must admit, probably within six months, I could have walked out the door. Um, oh. So it was the biggest shock um, for me is 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 actually joining, and then my expectation. Yeah. Um, and actually, now I look back, realizing that the reason why, um, and this is part of my message for today and always. The reason why I wanted to be a police officer wasn't actually what I really wanted to do. I was trying to prove something to someone. Right, okay, okay. And I, wow. it's taken, it took me sort of 40 years to really break that down and be honest with myself about that because everyone said, oh, Joe really wants to be a police officer. I'm like, yes, I really want to be a police officer. Yeah. But the reason why I wanted that was not for me, it was for someone else. So wow. it, it all kind of felt... Well, so I do believe life brings us what we are um, emitting, what yeah. we're putting out yeah. comes to us. Law of attraction is another yeah. way of putting it. Um, and so I wasn't feeling good about what I was doing, wasn't there for right reasons. So I was feeling that, I was feeling confused and I was the classic alpha female. There's no such thing, obviously, yeah. it doesn't exist. And it all went wrong quite early on. Because that was must be a difficult thing, to, to, like you say, to... to 
go through something that you go, right, this is 100%. Like, my wife wanted to be a solicitor. That was 100% what she wanted to do, and she's still doing it now and still loves it, which is great. Um, and and that's quite unique, actually, because not many people do know, do they, when they sort of leave school. But then to, to go down that path and then be hit by, actually, this is not what I want to do. There's... Yeah, that's a different, like from a mindset point of view, like, like you say, you, I guess part of you thinks, well, no, it is what I want to do, so you just keep going for a longer period of time. But Yeah, yes. yeah, I did, and, and it, it was a lot of ego. I had to let go of a lot of the ego yeah, around sure. it. Um, and a lot of police officers were like, oh, I, this someone actually said this to me. So I was sort of seven years, I was nine years in or total. Um, I was seven years in and someone said to me, um, well, you know, if you hang on another 10, then you've got your 17 and then it's only another uh, sort of eight years and you can retire at 25 years. I said, do you, can you see me? Do you look, can you see how unhappy yeah. I was driving to work on a Monday morning feeling physically sick? I had to stop wow. the car sometimes. My stress levels and un- unhappiness levels were so high. I said, wow. that is not a life for me, but there are people that see themselves as trapped yeah, yeah. for financial reasons, for pensions. Um, and But I am grateful for all of it. I had some incredibly bonkers experiences as a police officer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the things that happened to me were quite surreal, actually, and so many in such a short time. Yeah. So I felt the universe was saying, well, how many, how many messages do you need to get the frick out of here? Yeah, you know, yeah, hand yeah. in your badge and walk out the door. Um, and eventually I sort of listened, you know, I, but I nearly had to die a few times first. Um, and thankfully wow. I didn't. So I'm, I feel like a bit of a cat, really, with nine <laughs> lives. I don't know how many I've got left, but hopefully a few. What, 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 <laughs> can, can you, are you able to delve into any of those experiences? Like, with, with, yeah, with, so with, actually oh. a lot of them were to do with mental health. Right, um, okay. So a, a woman in um, a very, very tough estate in Bristol called Southmead. And this woman who was elderly and had very, ter- you know, very uh, difficult mental health issues, mm. older woman, lived by herself. Um, we had a call, and it was quite a regular call. Oh, there's a gas smell coming from a property. So I went in with my colleague, and there was a woman, a very frail little old woman sat on the stairs. And she's like, you know, she was just babbling, and yeah. the house stunk of the gas. You know, it could wow. s- literally, and all the windows was closed. It was cold day, cold night. Yeah. Um, and so... She, um, yeah, you could just, oh, we've got to get out of here. But she was tiny. She was very frail. The last thing I wanted to do was really grab her, you know, and like, you know, shove her out the door. Yeah, sure. So I was doing my usual. I wasn't a very good police officer. My arrest rate was really bad because um, I was just talking to her and saying, <laughs> oh, you know, let's, let, we'll come and help you. Let's get, let's get out of the house because it's yeah. obviously a gas. And then she looked at me and she just flipped. So it was a very severe issue she had. And she produced a lighter out of her pocket. Um, and she said, "I'm just going to blow us all up." And she and she meant she really definitely meant it. It wasn't just a, you know. And to, to, and she, I, I didn't even know she had. A, you know, it's just incredible. Wow. And I could tell that she literally held it in front of my face, like that. And I literally had the flash, the flash of right. That's it. I'm done. Um, and amazingly, my my um, my co police officer saw this literally grabbed both of us and shoved us out of the, you know, literally pulled us out. He's quite thankfully a big chap and just pulled us both out of the house before she could literally just press on the lighter to blow it all up. Um, And, yeah, and then... How old was you then? Well, this was like mid-twenties, yeah. And then someone literally did try to knock me over and kill me and he admitted that. 
he was um i'd been i was in plain clothes unit and i was hunting him for for months really he was ringing cars he was involved with them a lot of very top level uh, mm. car ringing and drugs um, and we had a, almost a personal vendetta and he tried to he, li- he literally missed me by an inch doing 30 miles an hour wow. um and i saw i th- yeah i saw my life kind of and then the other one was when I was, um, well, actually, there's two more. There's quite a few. Um, but, in, but like you yeah. say, in such, <laughs> in such a, I guess, like seven years or nine years within that, yeah. to go through those experiences. Like you say, I guess, alluding to what you said earlier about there's signs there maybe that this is, and was that, like, was there part of you that felt this is part of the job? part of being a police officer this is what we have to deal with so if I'm up for that then I'll carry on doing it or was it like wow this is continually happening to me this is you know how did you feel no it's only now I look back I I can see that the the ridiculousness of it that all these things happened you know it was one thing after another Mm. um that I can see that but no at the time the mentality and it was it's part of my reason of doing my why really now is that um there was an innate kind of acceptance that we've seen, you know, the bodies I've seen, dead bodies, you yeah, know, yeah. in the States and, and the road accidents and the things I've seen as a human being, which, you know, and similar for people in the army that, you yeah, know, yeah. are on the front line, any sort of sometimes medical staff as well. Um, when you're, as a human being, you're seeing that level of, of you know, just destruction to the body and also yeah. how, how, um, horrible people can be to each other yeah. experience the levels of violence I've experienced I've been beaten up um, and you know and it all of that just is accepted because you've got the you've got the number on your shoulder 2684 is my number yeah. I'm just another um, Bobby on the beat yeah. uh, Doris as we were called as female <laughs> police officers and so it was accepted and the worst thing was that it was just at the end of the shift you're right Joe uh, yeah, yeah, I'm okay. Oh, good. See you tomorrow then. And that was it. Wow. That was it. And wow. it, it's only now I think that hopefully, if you know, if anyone has got a police officer in the family or yeah. that we can hear this where we, I think we've got more compassionate, our consciousness has grown, that we can really understand that actually those kind of jobs are testing the very essence of human nature. Yeah. Because to switch all that off, probably the worst case was for me was a paedophile case. Mm. Because I, I just couldn't switch it off. Yeah. Um, and to, to be able to do that, you either have that natural level of resilience, which I definitely didn't have, yeah. or you haven't, and it takes its toll. Yeah. Um, so it took its toll, and actually I had a load of crap going on internally and a load of harassment. I'm not the average-looking police officer, I suppose. Yeah. And I did have a bit of an attitude about being equal. Yeah. Um, and so I attracted a lot of... Um, confused masculine energy is what I now can see it as yeah. and that caused a lot of problems and yeah I, I take I put my hands up I was responsible for part of it too because of what I was emitting the energy I was taking to work yeah. um, eventually I left Sam thank goodness but I wouldn't change any of it I learned so much about myself and the best thing I really learned from it is that we are all only ever equal no matter what you are doing yeah. whether you're sat on the street begging for 2p or if you're in your beautiful eight bed mansion house those two people will always and forever be equal and often the ones oh. that have obviously the like the least are actually the more humble kindest people on the planet ironically wow wow 
That's quite powerful. I, 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 you know what? That's a lovely thing to to think. Cause I, like, like, we'll go on to it a little bit later. Obviously, a little bit about sort of wealth and success and what that sort of looks like with mm. people. But I just want to touch on something there about like when when you come out when you come, finally come out of the police force. It's interesting to say that you wouldn't change it, which is great because you look back. Because I, 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 did you was there a point that you felt like you'd failed at that? A, a police officer or did you, would you uh, look I've done that and it just I realised it wasn't for me and you come out of it what, what, because I'm just keen to some things we go on a certain path in life and we go right well, that's why no actually I've done it many times we go, no this isn't for me and you look and you go okay maybe I've failed at that but my relationship with fail is actually I don't think too bad I'm okay with it because I think it's just a learning curve and it's feedback how did you feel around that when you come out of it yeah absolutely right um and i could have left after three years really you know that was very that that possibly when i could have left and yeah. it would have been much easier for me um but the the thought of failure even though i don't believe in as so there's such a thing anymore mm. um the thought of that and what people would say yeah. and having to say to people and still now actually when i mentioned to people that i was in the police force they said oh why didn't you stay in and I always come back with, why didn't I leave earlier? <laughs> yeah. um, but the the preconception, this this again a part of the incredible narrative, and and so much of it is toxic, that when you take on a role that has that level of of importance, mm. every role is important. It's what I believe now, but that level of importance, commitment. Obviously, the training was intensive. Mm. Um, you know, it was it was a lifelong career. And because it's got that label, and there are so many jobs that have labels yeah, yeah. like that and, and um, kind of perceived, um, yeah, importance levels, mm. it, it was really, really tough. Yeah, because people literally, even the police and out of the police would say, well, you can't. I was told, if I had a pound every time I was told this, you can't leave the police. Wow. Um, so it was definitely the, the worry and the fear that I'd given myself mm. that people would judge me. They'd see me as there's something wrong with me, the same as, as failing. Um, and it took a lot for me to suddenly realize and, and eventually within myself. And it, it's just obvious stuff, self-belief. Mm. There's only one person that needs to judge me. In fact, nobody needs to judge me. I don't even need to judge myself. But the judge and jury that I'd given of everyone else mm. was holding me in that place, and mm. I'd put the given that given them that that importance, um, especially family for me because that was where my what I what I feel is is the, some people have this deep rooted um, kind of judge and jury, and it's mm. definitely one person. There's one person sat there with the um, I should be able to remember the name yeah. of the hammer that you yeah. hit on the board. Yeah. <laughs> Been in court enough times, yeah. um, but there's generally one person. There was one person there for me, and I, and I was like, right, okay, if I leave, that person's going to really give me, you know, just not going to. They're just going to judge me, and they're going to berate me and mm-hmm. see me differently. So, um, and I and I'm I would say to anyone who's listening to this now who feels who relates to this story, you could be anything. You could. Mm-hmm. Ju- be simply I know a lot in a lot of Indian cultures there's a lot of women that work in for example um, doctor um, education yeah. because there, there is so few options that they're encouraged to do with some mm. families um, but ultimately if your heart's desire and your compassion and you, you being you isn't in that job 
then you're hiding you and you're not being you mm. and that will only have its consequences physically emotionally um and energetically yeah. so um yeah it's amazing it's, and it's so uh, i always go back to that that self-belief and uh, my twins are what seven now and i think like teaching them just to be passionate about stuff and, and f- always trying to drum in to follow their dreams and have that that sort of and whatever whatever life looks like not to uh, ambition or whatever but just as long because ultimately living life true to who we are is got to be the i think i, I think we might have spoke about it a little bit offline but, about the, the five regrets of the dying and the key one is not living a life you know true mm. to myself like mm. if that is the biggest regret why it's so but so many people live their lives not like that don't they so many people live yeah. to other people's expectation i guess of what that is they do and they allow that to be um their kind of blueprint for their life yeah and actually when you ask a lot of people who are you they don't even know mm. and that is where i'm at really is that you know i give people the opportunity to say well who really who are you mm. what really gets you excited what really are you passionate about what what really drives you mm. what what would you what do you love really to do um and you know and the the hamster wheel that so many people live on mm. They never really give each other, give themselves that experience and that that time just to sit and go, well, who am I really? And who am I now? Mm. That's another thing. We tend to see ourselves, you know, five years past or 10 years ago or, you know, for me, a certain age, because I'm sticking at that, I'm never getting older. Um, (laughs) But, but, you know, we see ourselves and and that image of ourselves Mm. um, and in a certain role, especially, we hold and we're that. You know, for me, like my graduation day, you know, my mum actually came, my mum and I have had a quite difficult relationship. So Mm. she came to my graduation. I remember seeing that and that was my blueprint. But I'm that that person that one of the few females that passed all the training um, and did really well and and got there and and stood there and and graduated as police officer. Um, But, you know, ultimately that that is kind of. That was me then, yeah. and we're always evo- we're here to evolve. We're yeah. human evolving beings, yeah. um, and that's the, the biggest gift we can talk, give to ourselves to say that was me. Who am I now? Yeah. Let me give myself time to look at that. Um, and and there's no such thing as failure. There's only experience. There is no such thing as failure. I love that. I love that. And I, 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 did, I think we mentioned it again before. I've done a talk about failing exactly that I do really believe and I think I try even with the kids try and teach them about it's okay to make mistakes and because if you try and you you, you learn from that and then you go and do that next thing and I think it's yeah it's such a it's such an important thing I think um I want to I want to talk a little bit about um obviously the last couple of years has been really tough obviously for many businesses um talk to me a little bit about those last couple of years and what you especially sort of some of the clients you've sort of worked with you've probably seen people go through many ups and downs during that period what sort of advice and stuff was you speaking to them about during that during that time well interestingly that um the clients that have come my way have been the people that have actually done so well mm. and there's an interesting parody because 
you, you did it then if you don't you know just being yeah. really honest you did it then oh so many businesses have, have been have struggled yeah, yeah, so many businesses have succeeded yeah, so yeah, many yeah, businesses absolutely. have grown here in Brighton yeah, yeah. Brighton Gin's never been doing better yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there are so many businesses that have excelled and I think that we've, it's, it's important to, to balance that conversation out yeah. because those are the ones that have come my way so yes I am personally slightly involved because a lot of my clients are in that space yeah. Um, but actually, um, you know, it, it, it's, it was a phenomenally t- testing time and unforeseen. And that's the key part of it, isn't it? There's so many businesses that did manage to divert what they do and, mm. and mold it slightly differently. I don't like the word pivot. I think that feels like you're going on a different direction. Yeah, yeah. Generally going on the same direction. But, w- but w- it's, there, there were a lot of businesses that did phenomenally well and actually some of those business owners are almost a little bit kind of like embarrassed about that mm. and i remember at the um at the uh the business show last june um acumen yeah. business law sh- um, the business law yeah, yeah, yeah. gathering which was yeah. incredible 300 people in fact yeah. i think it's next yes wednesday oh, it's tomorrow. Yes, tomorrow yeah um or this will be yeah. passed when the podcast yeah, yeah. comes out um but you know there were so many success stories there mm. And, and that is just so exciting to hear because I do really believe that it's the, the yin and yang of life, the shadow and the, and the yeah. light, that there are so many success stories. So I have been mentoring and um, I work very guidedly. So Spirit came to me and said, you've got to harness this success. Um, and so there's a lot of coaches that come my way, really successful coaches, top-level coaches. Yeah. Some of them I can't tell you about. Um, but they come my way and they, they are looking for support now to do they felt that calling, the internal, what I call internal calling, mm. to do something more. It's not just about the numbers. Um, it's about doing something more. And those are the kind of people that come my way because there's something in my message that appeals to them. And actually they realize that the numbers are in the bank accounts. You know, the, the, the charts are all looking fantastic. Mm. Um, however, that has only fulfilled them to some degree. And you mentioned it at the beginning in the intro, what I call it, empty success syndrome. You know, and you've you've achieved that, but actually, partly it was never about that. It was about again you're proving something to someone possibly, mm. um, and also that there's there's only a certain level of fulfilment that that gives, and it's what do I do now? Who am I now? What have I learned? And what can I what can I do to give that that incredible experience? Because I do believe, and I'm I'm being really quite um, specific about this that. People that have done that and managed that, and the founders, I generally work with the founders or top directors, they now have a skill set and an ability, and they have the financial capacity um, to do something quite miraculous and remarkable because they can now use that to do the the very best they can for something on a bigger scale. And I feel like it's it's not giving back because there's nothing to go back to. It's more about... Um, giving out mm. and giving out more um, of your time of your expertise where you can actually say well I'm so grateful I've had that now I've experienced that um, what can I do for others which is even more profound even more of a legacy than what I've created already and I, and I guess like you say it's just allowing people to have or finding what their purpose is because I like you said, those numbers in a bank account will only get people so far, but that mm. doesn't deliver purpose. I think I mentioned when I when I 
interviewed Kevin Byrne, who, who sold Checker Trade. It was like, you know, very wealthy guy, and you know, sold Checker Trade with ninety million. But that that conversation I had with him, I was overwhelmed by the fact that when he talked about the business, he loved it, and you could tell there was that. Per- when he talked about the money, it was, you know, anti-climate climax almost that it was because that that purpose then had almost been taken away from me and I find that that whole thing because as entrepreneurs as business it's part of it I know when I certainly started on that journey you look at it and go that's where I'm trying to get to I want that that, you know the Ferrari the Lamb but you know those material things and money is what's going to give that square my success and when you change that narrative in your head it's not there it's not a destination it's that the process and the journey and the purpose is where where all that that lies yeah because um, that's all just numbers yeah it's actually just numbers whatever yeah. those those the, those assets are mm. um you know kevin's got a few banksies um like proper ones yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. he's got a constable you know he's got an incredible collection and that's all there um you know but but that's only part of him isn't it and mm. like you say i've i've spoken to him personally and He's a really kind of wonderful example, but now he's really trying to support in other ways and he's looking mm. for other ways to give what he's learned. Yeah. But but fundamentally, we all desire to be on a quest. Yeah. You know, guy, yeah. most guys, like well, if, if, when you were five years old, did you have a sword? Were you on a quest to achieve <laughs> something? That hasn't gone away. You're yeah. still that five-year-old. Yeah. Women the same. Whatever that me- whatever that looks like for you, but we are here to be on a quest. We're on a journey of adventure, mm. and that's something I f- I feel like you know I just really try and embrace um, when I talk to people. It's like you are still on that adventure. That five year old is part of you still, mm. um, and let that come through. Let that exist, uh, you know. And often it can be as simple as what did you really want to do when you were young. Yeah. really young what did you love to do what did you pretend to do yeah. I pretended to be a teacher and I love standing up in front of all my friends and being the you know oh just yeah so <laughs> interesting fourth uh, yeah. no surprises um, but the money has has you know like I say the, the journey for the money and the, and the reason to create that has, is often about um, a, a, a level of proving something and it might yeah. be to you but it often, in my experience of mentoring hundreds of people, it's for someone else. Right. And when you take that out of the equation, you let go. So I very much believe in the phrase of letting go. Yeah. Identify what something is and let it go. Yeah. And you let go of that. It's like, I no longer need that. It served me till now. Um, but what can I do now for others? Yeah. And that's really different. That changes everything because ultimately the numbers game is all about achieving it for partly for yourself and your shareholders, but that's all just numbers. What can you do? What can you personally, in your own unique way, do for others? Um, and that really flips things on its head. And I'd love to mentor Kevin if he's listening. Yeah. Kevin, you got my number. Because yeah. <laughs> uh, you know these, you, you guys, you've got this incredible, you know. And I am, and there are a lot of women that have this too. Yeah. But, I've been guided very spirit to work very much with men because I've got this understanding of how men hide away. They hide yeah. away the internal. Um, but, you know, that, that people like them in this position, you have a unique set of gifts. What you're doing now, Sam, yeah. with what you're doing, you know, this is incredible. This is an incredible gift to people listening. 
to, to give these nice. messages and, and value and hope and inspiration. It's, it's really kind. I love, like we, we alluded to, oh, it's something I obviously love doing. I find it fun. I'm really keen with, with those bits here, but a couple of things. You talk about the spirituality side of stuff. When Have you always been very spiritual? When did that sort of... Can you pinpoint where that sort of come and you... you like a call in, I guess, in in a certain way, and and also keen to like you said about the understanding of men and stuff. What experience in relation to that as well? Keen to explore those those two things. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll start with that if you like, because yeah. the other one goes off on a quite a different tangent. Yeah, cool, 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 cool. Yeah, go, go <laughs> if for you're it. ready for it, Sam. I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the understanding of men. It's obviously having worked in the police for nine years. Hmm. Um, I was in tech. One of my many jobs before I joined the police was was tech. Um, my dad was the classic man. You know, went ran a successful construction business. It wasn't really till he semi-retired to Devon that he suddenly realised he'd been freaking miserable mm. his whole life. You know, and and doing what he was doing, um, not the building, but running a business. Yeah. So I've spent a lot of time around men and really have seen firsthand how men create this um, conditioning and coping strategies mm. to hide themselves away, their emotions, their their truth, um, their, their kind of creativity mm. uh, and the conditioning, sadly, the cultural conditioning and the ancestral conditioning through definitely British, you know, the, the British culture mm. has been for men to be cookie cutters of themselves. They go around Mayfair and I, I call them the Mayfair minions. And you see all these guys that look exactly the same, wearing exactly the same colours, exactly the same kind of suit, and they have that same look on their face, and it's lost. It's there's no mm. inspiration, there's no excitement. They are minions of themselves because they've been, you know, been on that route. It's like a academic route, success route, mm. all about the numbers route, um, and that's been their conditioning. That's that's what you do. That's mm. what you're here for. It's not actually. That is what you've been given as a message as society. And also, uh, you know, aside from that, and that's all fairly positive, the negatives of that is the guys have to, it's all about striving for more, bigger house, bigger car, better car, um, holidays, holiday home. There's there's this this continuum that, that you know, obviously companies, corporates, we're, mm. we're a market, market economy, the, the corporates, you know, encourage us to feel and think like this as well. Mm. Um, and it's all BS, yeah. quite frankly. Yeah. And I've met too many miserable millionaires. So I, I, it is absolutely BS because one, one question I'd like to throw in is very hot potato for me at the moment. If, if, um, if this is resonating, the, the key question to ask yourself at any point in your life, but especially if you're on that ladder, it's like what is the feeling you're looking for? What's the feeling you desire from, that you feel, that you believe you're going to get when you've achieved that, and I, I'm a regular BBC radio thingy, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. and Eddie Nestor and I have some great conversations, you know, Eddie Nestor from one of the London DJs. Yeah. Um, and he's like, well, I've got to get to point B, Joe. It's like, but what is the feeling you're looking for to get to, to that point B? He's kind of like he's saying he's got to work for another 15 years yet, yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever it is. But what is that feeling? What is that? And what's the underlying feeling of that? What are you, why not create that now? Why? What? It's not there. It's here. What? What stops people? Is, is it, it, it? Do you think that it is from it, it's society's message that stops people from 
doing that yeah, right now. Like, just from getting up tomorrow and going because th- there's certain elements. I guess like people listening, and people go, "Well, it'd be great to think like that." But but I've got a mortgage to pay. I've got this. I've got this that because if I just give it all up and that the money I get pays for that lifestyle that I've got. So if I give that all up now, then and do something else that doesn't bring me that financial security because a lot of people crave security don't they they feel or they feel that, that that's what where happiness is they've got that security so i guess what, what is the is it that it's because society says that that's that where success is because you've got security you've got your house and you've got your mortgage etc etc but i guess what is that is, is that where it comes from like, yeah it's a belief it's a belief and it's a conditioning that that when you achieve that, you've made it. When you've achieved mm. that, you've got security. But none of us are secure. Yeah. The last few years have shown us that every single person, yeah. you know, yeah. all these people that have, have been particularly ill, really ill, and actually some have passed, mm. um, that you wouldn't expect for whatever reasons. Um, you know, it's causing a lot of stress. The suicide rate is, is off the scale. Mm. It's, it's an, it, all this time is showing us it's a big it's a spotlight on the fact that that there is there is kind of only now. Yeah. There's only now. We can only be in now. There's no such thing as the future anyway. Yeah. No such thing as the past. Because there's only ever now. Um, and that is all conditioning. And so recognizing and also letting go sometimes the fact that, well, because that you're, say, your dad or your mum told you, often dads, I feel, just generalizing mm. a little bit, um, you know, because and poss- possibly because they didn't quite succeed in their eyes. Mm. Um, that if that that is the belief that that's the point that will will make you, um, and that's the success story. Um, it it's an it's understanding that actually, what you're trying to achieve is that feeling. Mm. If you think about it, it's only the feeling you're looking for. Yeah. It's not actually the car, it's the feeling of driving it. It's not the big house with the drive, it's the feeling of being in it. Because yeah. this is all illusionary. What we see is illusionary. This is 3D world. Yeah. We are multidimensional beings. We don't exist just in the 3D body form. This is an avatar. You know, so recognizing the feelings, the inner feelings, the multidimensional side of ourselves yeah. is what we're really seeking, if you think about it. Yeah. Ask any entrepreneur, yeah. what is the drive? And that's where it's important to say, no, it's the experience that we need to get that feeling in, the, 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 the general every day. And actually, often, when you actually let go of that financial kind of requirement or the house or whatever, yeah. start creating that feeling in you now, you won't want the house because you realize there's an amazing um movie producer from Hollywood who's just released a movie. Sorry, I can't remember it, but I can let you know. You can yeah, put it yeah, in, the, yeah. in the link. And he was about to buy his next mansion. He's divorced, lives by himself. And he was about to buy the sort of 38-room mansion because he just left his 26-room mansion in, in um, Beverly Hills. Yeah. He got to the front door and realized, what the hell am I doing? What is this all about? Didn't buy the house, got in the car and drove. And he drove and he created a movie about why we exist and what really is the point of us. And it's one of the most beautiful, powerful movies I've ever seen. Um, And he was the producer of, um, the director of The Mask. He's done a load of Jim Carrey movies. So, um, and it it comes back to that. He was always looking for that feeling. 
and he realized that so he went on the road to look for it instead and he worked out that actually the feeling is to be the feeling is to exist with others and feel the presence of that richness because ri- the word rich is a really interesting word yeah, 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 we all sure. want to be rich but you know if i gave you 50 million pounds of monopoly money now yeah, yeah. all right and i say i can turn that into real money if you want me to yeah okay but look at that 50 minutes and and let's think about how you'd feel yeah, so you you create that feeling of feeling really wealthy yeah now hold on to that feeling and go outside and give the five pound note into in your pocket to the first person you see is homeless you'll yeah. get the same feeling because yeah, that is the feeling that. of richness when yeah. you when you recognize that this is an abundant world and and that feeling of richness yeah. and of s- helping others because um, actually that's all buying cars and everything is it's all just an exchange process yeah. i think that answered your question that, Sam. That amazingly actually <laughs> amazingly what a brilliant way of looking at it is uh, and what i take from that as well is about and and a lot of obviously what you're saying is is so much and something i'm mindful of and i try and talk to myself about a lot and try and check in about being present all of the time and to get, it's difficult to do I'm certainly I'm on the path I'm on a journey to try and find but I'm definitely not there because my brain does wonder even when I'm with the kids sometimes and I, I criticise myself for it and I get one minute and I'm looking at my phone I'm answering that email late at night and work silly hours and I'm trying to just go right I'm going to do that and I'll be present 100% in that Whether, I do love my work and I do love things I do so I think it's okay to be present in them moments and enjoy that but still be able to come out and because that's where I guess what you're alluding that's where that true joy and happiness is when you're 100% whatever it is you're doing at that particular moment in time you're 100% in and and present in that moment yeah yeah and that's where we feel rich it's where we feel wealthy that's where we feel um, we are tapping into ourselves we can explore ourselves there's so few people do that they don't give themselves time I I really recommend everyone just spends five minutes before they do anything in the morning just sat still eyes closed open whichever breathing just breathing and you can call it meditation if you like Um, you could do it for half an hour or ten minutes do some journaling after whatever the thoughts come in or Mm. pictures Um, give yourself time just to allow yourselves to exist in a minute and and if you can do this throughout the day you just stare into something you know like the the walls in here like the green just stare at it for two minutes and switch off just allow yourself just to switch off it's um it's creating a, a conscious awareness or buddhist practice um and it gives yourself time just to become in your body um, and that's a whole nother thing i'm very passionate about is that we've all we've, the, the existence for human humankind in the developed world there's an irony um is up here you know the existence is here this is where all the stress is we're not we're not we're not just in our brain we've forgotten our hearts and dropping into the heart consciousness and allowing yourself to breathe through through the you start breathing you're naturally your your internal systems your chakras will start engaging with each other more Um, and that's where our truth is that's where our presence is that's where our richness is it's in our hearts and dropping into that and allowing that true sense of feeling and of love it's yeah. it's real simple yeah. all you need is love and uh, it's a, <laughs> it's a, one of the most overused um, sayings but it's the most underused too because actually that's where the love is for yourself for, y- for your family for all that you have around you and then right. suddenly the the flashy ferrari is it's yeah. just a car isn't it 
But it's not. I'm, I'm not saying it's not a car. I'd love to drive one. I've never driven one. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's listened, got one spare, then I'd love to drive <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. it. I'm a really good driver. I've had my <laughs> Me driving. Me and Jane could go for a drive. I've, I've had my driving, <laughs> done my driving uh, lessons with the police. I'm pretty good, yeah. she says. <laughs> <laughs> but for, one, one thing there then, I'm a, and this is, I guess, more, more for me than, uh, I, as, I, as I've mentioned a couple of times, uh, this almost becomes therapy for me, the podcast, but <laughs> it's me chat, but I find it, like, I've, I've listened to that a lot and I've heard a lot about that, taking that time, especially in the morning and having them few minutes, and I've tried to even create a daily practice for myself where I don't pick up my phone straight away, because I would, I'd literally, I'm... Um, regular as clockwork I'm straight in the toilet when I get up and there's phones with me and you look and straight away you're on that thing but trying to do not even take the phone to the toilet so I can just have a couple of minutes whatever that looks but I, personally I find it very difficult and I know a lot of entrepreneurs and people I do speak to sometimes is that because our lives are busy and because the brain is constantly thinking of new ideas or thinking of stuff to actually sit there and breathe for a few minutes I, I find that really difficult mm. I'll find it like I've, ne- I've really struggled with meditation in all honesty I haven't practiced enough which I think with anything in life you need to practice but I find it I find it very difficult to be able to just sit there and 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 actually switch off completely I find that like and is it would you advise is it just is it just practice is it something like for that like you just almost force yourself to sit there and breathe for them few minutes and if you do it on a regular basis it will become more natural it will because ironically you know let's just scratch out the word meditation it yeah. puts a lot of people off and it's actually a barrier sadly yeah. for a lot of people it's just breathing yeah. it's just breathing and presence and, and we're present now yeah. even if part of you might be thinking about the next episode you know whatever it doesn't matter you're still present now yeah. so we can do that bit yeah. Right? Yeah. so the next bit is just breathing and being in our body mm. um, so that is all that is needed. And isn't it ironic? It's the thing that we're born doing. Yeah. Yeah. My children yeah. struggled. They were premature to breathe. Right. You know, and I watched them struggle to breathe when they were really, when they were born. Mm. But they soon mastered it because they realized they had to. Yeah. So actually almost seeing it as that, if we're not breathing properly, if we're not being in our bodies properly, we're not surviving very well. Yeah. We're going into all these other nervous systems. We're thriving on them. Um, and we're, well, I, the other day I had an idea that we need a, you know, there's NA and there's AA. We need a CA. Yeah, Cortisol Cort- Anonymous. Right, okay. Because cortisol's the drug yep. that gets going, isn't yep. it? When we live on adrenaline. Um, um, and people are used to living on adrenaline. People are addicted to living on yeah. an adrenaline. And so it's almost like we need to get addicted just to breathing. Yeah. Just to breathing deeply, breathing into our abdomen. So I would offer. It is just practice, just like learning a new sport. Yeah, yeah, Obviously, of but we know what this sport is like because it's just the sport of breathing. Yeah, yeah. we all know how to do it, but every, don't just every day. And honestly, yeah. I was the same. It took me ages to get my head around and get used to mm. the experience of doing nothing. You know, mum of two, pretty quite a lot going on. Yeah, um, I just prioritised it, Sam. I did it every single day, yeah. every single day, and now I do it every single day, and I do it throughout the day, and. I, you know, I, I I even managed to do some meditation on a, a ferry as we were. The ferry was delayed, and it was a packed out ferry, and I I thought I was going to lose it. Actually, I was so the day had gone so opposite to what we thought. <laughs> it was really late. I was incredibly tired, and I sat down in the middle of this canteen and this big ferry, surrounded by screaming kids, and I just breathed. And I dropped, closed my eyes, and dropped into my body. Um, and I even surprised myself. Thought, crikey! And I almost fell asleep. 
Wow. Which is which is about three three years prior to that. That was about three years ago. Yeah. There's no way I could have done that. So practice. I promise but, you, yeah. it does get easier to breathe. Oh, forget yeah. forget calling it meditation yeah, yeah. and give yourself five minutes sometimes music can help so putting earphones in yeah. with some really relaxing music that is just very kind of like white noise music yeah, yeah, um, sure. 432 hertz is the healing frequency okay. so I really recommend it like going on YouTube or wherever yeah. uh, 432 hertz is the healing frequency that will really support the healing system um, and just breathing slowly um, not necessarily deeply. Yeah. It doesn't have to be this big kind of Wim Hof thing. You don't yeah. need to jump in an ice bath. Yeah. Do that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's <laughs> really super simple. Yeah. Just do it every day. And I promise you, well, I'll check in with you in a month. Yeah. If you're going to promise me on air now, you're going to do it. Uh, you know what? I, I, I am because I, I really truly believe that. And because I've spoken to a few. And I, again, it's probably something I ask on every single person that comes on the podcast. Cause, because it is something I really struggle with. So... And I know that with anything I do, I'm training for a marathon. So I know for me to train to a marathon, I've got to get up and I've got to go out for a run. And I force, and I do them things. One, it's a habit now, and I, I enjoy that exercise. But I, I, I do because I've always played sport. I understand the process behind it, and I just don't. I still don't practice it. And I know, and I'm searching for that, that mm. piece, I guess, and that thing, being able to just switch off for a bit because I know it will help. And and it relates a lot, I guess, to. So I wanted to tap in as well. It's a lot to. I listened to a really interesting podcast about rest the other day and how important that is. And and they actually talked about this a, a little bit on that around. We're, we're so even when we're on a train, where it was before we didn't have phones, and you just actually watch the world go by and you and you're staring into space and you have those moments of rest, mindfulness, rest. Whereas now, any time we've got, where we look on our phones, where you know if you're going and you've got to stand in a queue for example for a long period of time you're just straight away you go on your phone you won't talk to the person in front or you won't just stand and watch the world go by and I, I think I'll listen to that and, I'll, and listen to you talk as well and it's all so relevant because you sort of look at these things and we live in this fast paced world where we feel that we have to be we feel that we have to be busy all the time we have to be productive and we have to be do- and I'm really guilty of it I suppose that you, you know I'm busy busy how, how are you getting on saying yeah really busy like, almost like it's this badge of honour because I'm so busy I'm doing all these things but that's not like that's not real success or <laughs> if you're busy why are you so it's like just try and take those moments to and I guess it comes back, but ultimately it just all comes back to what you're saying about being able to be mindful in your head and take and recognising that you're choosing yeah. We don't live in a busy world. Yeah, 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 we don't. We just live in our world. Yeah. But but at the moment you're seeing it as busy. I I'd like to delete the word busy. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> let's just delete it. It means nothing. It's like the word nice. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It means nothing. <laughs> They're like you know polystyrene words. Is yeah, what yeah. I call them. They're kind of they've got some use, but they don't really <laughs> serve anything. Yeah, yeah. Just delete it from your vocabulary. Yeah. Go, what are you really okay well um yeah i've got a full day i've got um i've got different things on today mm. it the words we use is are so powerful yeah, and if that. we constantly tell ourselves oh i live in a busy world oh the phone's always distracting me do you know what the phone will always distract you mm. because you're telling yourself it will yeah, because yeah. we're actually very fickle and we're very simple we do what our, our words tell us we do yeah. what our thoughts tell us but we can control our words and our thoughts we can choose to give them yeah. or not so yeah. just being mindful of of what you tell yourself and also 
just start just start now yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and, and yeah. also i'd really offer the the, the one of the God, i feel like this is like joe's 10 kind of <laughs> um probably there's probably a book in here sam yeah, we could write a joint I'll, book here going I'll on i mean yeah. i mean i mean <laughs> put it on otter publish it in 10 minutes job done um that I, th- I feel that there's a whole kind of like um, v- a value of recognizing that we can change mm. instantly. And the key thing to any change is to allow it to be the journey because it's not one thing or another. You can't, it's not that easy to suddenly stop. Mm. And then the F word comes in, not the word find, the word failure. Yeah. So if you do find yourself suddenly on the train and you think right I'm going to definitely on the train today I'm going to sit there and I'm just going to look at the countryside going past mm. I'm just going to breathe relax and just allow my thoughts to mull around yeah. that's conscious that's conscious meditation that's beautiful yeah. but if you get distracted and if you suddenly think and I do this all the time oh hold on I, I wanted to check this. this there's an email coming in I've mm. got to see if that's coming in from a client whatever pick up your phone look put it down and go you know swear yeah. and then come out comes the stick you know beat yourself up oh god i promised myself i wouldn't do that oh bloody yeah. and then that's the adult telling the inner child that you're wrong you're bad you're naughty yeah. don't do it <laughs> don't do it we're just on a journey yeah we're just on yeah. a journey and um and i think all these self-help books and everything are great but it's never that simple it's not about yeah. the tiny habits that yeah, and that actually, the Tiny Habits, to be fair, is probably the best one of the best books out there, I yeah, think. Yeah. Because there is Tiny Habits, and it's actually being mindful of what are you telling yourself. You know, and we, we're, we live in a governance society in, uh, at the moment. Mm. I pray every day that that will soon change. Um, and I'm not just talking about the, po- the politicians <laughs> in, yeah, yeah. in Parliament. But this constant kind of... there are So many of my clients come to me, and they are used to telling themselves... We don't need to tell ourselves off. Mm-hmm. We can just be mindful and say, actually, yeah, I did do that. And that is not what I, what I planned. I'm going to be mind, extra mindful next time. And, you know, sit and definitely look outside and watch the countryside go past mm-hmm. while I'm on the train. Um, you know, because otherwise it's that negative, positive energy thing. Mm-hmm. And you're going on the negative in the sh- into the shadow energy frequencies of fear, shame, guilt blame you know that's the thing is the guilt the guilt sometimes is the guilt when you when you i guess when you run lots of business you think there's, there's always something to do and that's what i, I, what I find really interesting what you've said about the letting go because there's always something to do so if you can't let go of that you always mm-hmm. got something to do so then when you're not doing something to do with the business when you are just sitting watching telly or just mm-hmm. sitting breathing or whatever you're doing just trying to have a moment there's the guilt level that comes in and you feel guilty about not I've got all these things I've got to do. It's, I'm, I'm really, my big thing is trying to train myself to go, I know that there's always going to be something to do. So have them, because they're still going to be there when I come back. So have a moment, enjoy that moment and be present in it. And then you'll come back and that'll still be there anyway. Not not feel guilty. I think there's still, again, there's that narrative there that, it, that we have to feel, because we've got to be productive all the time and feel guilty about if we're not. So should we do this now? You ready? Yeah. So what is the guilt message? For me, the, the, it's that I feel that there's there's so many things that I've got to do. Mm. So for me, I'm telling myself I, I, that needs to be done now. That needs to be done now. So, I, so I, what's I the feeling me, underneath that though? What's the feeling you're you're ignoring underneath that? I don't know. I guess that 
again, it's, it, I guess I need to keep doing those things to achieve what I'm trying to uh, okay. uh, uh, yeah. achieve, what the ultimate goal is, which, again, you look at it again, now we're going to go deeper, like I don't really know yeah. necessarily what that what that ultimate goal is and what you're trying to achieve because of all these different things. So I'd, I'd offer that you're you're seeing all of those things that you do mm. um, as or having to be perfect yeah. or having to exist at a certain level with with certain expectations fulfilled. Yeah. Ain't ever going to happen. Yeah. No, it's, it's just not ever going to happen. Yeah. Or it might but maybe just for a bit here and there because it, everything is continuously changing. Change is the, is the only constant in life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, change and death, really. Yeah. So allowing that to exist, yeah. just allowing that, it, it will always yeah, yeah. be that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It will always be that. And it doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to all exist at a level of... And that's a blueprint that you've got in your mind of how it could exist in its perfect state. Mm. Yeah. Show me anything that's in its perfect state, Sam. Technology. Look yeah. how much technology has evolved. Does it still crash? Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. Does the uh, does the internet go down? Yep. Yeah. Does Microsoft issue um, you know launch a new product and it bombs out? Yep. Yeah. So if if that can exist for for giants that are spending millions, uh, whatever, yeah. zeros, yeah. on technology, if they can still create something that is not perfect, then how are you, why, why should we expect you to, yeah. to create yeah. perfect businesses? And ultimately, if any business involves any level of human contact, you'll never get perfect because yeah. people aren't perfect. They're, they're perfectly imperfect is yeah. what they are. And people will continuously change. And that's the joy. That's the life of contrast. That's what we signed up for, to come here in this life. Um, mm. But, but the, the underlying message, and perhaps I would offer, go di dig deeper. Who's expecting you to be perfect, really? Where's that message coming from? Where, who's the voice? Where's mm. that voice coming from? And sometimes we can literally pinpoint it, that there's a point in your past, generally, mm. Um, and sometimes it's past lives because I do past life work as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But sometimes it's, you know, generally speaking, it's, it's something in this life, someone, generally a parent or figure, generally a dad or a teacher, someone who was important to you that told you or, or demonstrated to you that to be a good person, you need to do this. Yeah. To be a good person, you just need to be you. And we're here to be good and bad and ugly too. You know, just it's just delete that then just like yeah. let that go you know all these parents that gave all these messages they only gave these messages from a place of love because it's what yeah, they sure. knew yeah. but our you know i'm not sure on your age sam but definitely my parents i'm feeling our parents yeah. kind of age group yeah, yeah, yeah. they they were kind of the ones that were on that tipping point of morality values um conditioning yeah. post-war it was it was that yeah. last leg of we don't have very much, it's a place of lack, yeah. um, we've got to do what we're told because otherwise we won't eat, um, we've got to do what we're told because we've got to pay our taxes. And I feel that we're all, all in this place, entrepreneurs, mm. so many, of actually saying, like hell have we got to do what we're told. Yeah, yeah, we can yeah. exist in our truth, we can exist our own way, um, we don't need to follow this narrative anymore. Yeah. Um, but in that in that point to do that, we also need to let go of these old narratives 
um, that our parents kindly with with love and yeah, with yeah, the, yeah. the best perp, the, the, you know the best um, best reason for doing so they, they thought they'd serve us yeah. we can let go of those it doesn't mean we're we're showing disservice to them it doesn't mean we don't love them and just saying actually I'm choosing to live my life my way they're the old systems and look look where that's brought us yeah. if we're all living in this cookie cutter way yeah. you know that's that's the the lower conscious living and we're not we're not here to be that we're we're, we're coming out of a coma yeah. coming out of a coma wow it's about it's a, it's, it's there's so many amazing things to take away from it. I think I, I, I want to bring it back a little bit. I want it to be a complete therapy session for me. But listen, so valuable. I guess so. I guess so many people that listen, who people that I speak to a lot and and talk to me in the same way as I'm talking to you. So I guess I know how helpful it's going to be. But I do want to talk. Then we go on to a bit about the book and obviously the publishing. Um, I know that the recent one you brought out about about men where you, you got men sort of involved and talking mm. a bit more vulnerably and openly about a lot of the pressures and mindsets I guess so talk to me a little bit about that and obviously the working with men within the book bit being fine and because we do we can't, again have things yeah, yeah fine yeah, everything's okay yeah. So I'm interested to talk a little bit about, about yeah, the book. Yeah, sure. And, that. and actually, I've just remembered the other question you asked me was about how I got into spirituality. spirituality yeah, 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 yeah. So it's all I kind of related, actually. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, um, being fine, the other F word, um, it was, this was a message from Spirit to, to create this book. So I'd published Women Leading and Silver yeah. Linings. Um, and um, I was meditating one day. And this is the danger of meditation. Oh, well, <laughs> no, okay, it's okay. It's, it's, you know, I wouldn't have it any other way. It's, it's um, yeah. incredible to open yourselves up to different messages, yeah, yeah. different vibrations. Um, and Spirit came through and said, right, you've got to create a book for men. Um, and I, I actually said out loud, you're kidding me. Um, and, I, and the message, no, it's got to be for men supporting men's health. And obviously on the back of so much of my work, I'm patron of a charity called Soul Sisters, mm. um, is about women and equality, and I've done a lot of, but it was so strong, and, and also to work with men, mm. um, this, this real calling. And, and when these messages happen, they land. Mm. It's not like a fleeting thought. It kind of lands, it comes into me, and it's like you, it is embodied. Mm. Um, and so I couldn't say no, um, and it felt like, this real calling um, and so I gathered 14 men and two women um, and they're all incredible people who just came into my obviously because then I embodied mm. it and I embraced it and then they all came towards me and every, all these different yeah. voices um, Reverend Casey from um, Georgia he was brought up on the streets of Georgia one of the roughest parts of Georgia um, everything that could happen to someone in a rough part of of a city happened to yeah. him. He ended up in prison, and um, and he he suddenly suddenly had a moment where he realised that he could choose to not be a victim, um, and he made that choice. And now he's a double reverend. He he became a Christian reverend, and wow. now he's become a spiritual reverend. Wow. Um, and he's an absolute beautiful soul. Um, Simon Walker took himself up to the top of a mountain in Wales. Um, in the bleakest of weather just to die peacefully in nature um, because he'd had enough. He had two boys, divorced, um, felt like his life had ended. So he decided to try and end it. And he was walking up the hill and, and didn't get very far because the, this guy came along and said, oh, 
God, you must be. And he was only in a shirt. He didn't have any wet, proper weather gear on, obviously. And he just, the guy, the guy came along and said, oh, what are you doing? You must be lost. And he just, he said, yeah, I am lost or something like that. I'm yeah. probably misquoting it, but basically that. And he said, oh, well, I can help you down off the mountain. Just come with me. Uh-huh. And this incredible, I'm getting goosebumps talking yeah. about it, almost like an angel, because nobody would go out in this weather, came in and, and obviously walked him back to the to the village. Um, and then he really started to just connect with himself. He was a, a builder. Um, you know, the building trade is prolific for mental health issues. Yeah. Um, and ultimately, the fundamental and the core message in all of them is that letting go of what they'd been holding on to. Um, I'm about to publish the second edition, actually. Amazing. There's a, the, eldest, the oldest voice in the books now will be 70, Robert Gore from Hawaii. He cried for, I think, two weeks. He'd never cried in his life. And he, cri- he went on a retreat, actually. And he cried for two weeks, pretty much. And he let it all go. And he, and he let go. He was a doctor. He like, knew how to be healthy. He was so unhealthy. Let it all go, kept crying, kept releasing, and realized that the, the grief in him was, was held and it was having this imp- impact on him. Um, let it all go, and it transformed his life. And he contact, they got together with his, his childhood sweetheart. Mm. Um, and incredible stories of really hitting rock bottom um, and letting go of what, what was there, allowing themselves to exist in their full presence um, is the key. And also, also is the, the point to realizing that we're so much more. Um, so going back to your first question, your question about spirituality, I can't be more spiritual than you, Sam, or there's a, f- a friend of ours who says, oh, I'm not spiritual. Um, and if he's <laughs> listening to this, he'll know exactly who he is. <laughs> yes, you you can't not be, you, you know, you can't not be. You are spiritual. We are all spiritual. We're all psychic. We all, we all have a third eye. We're all able to have intuition and let our intuition guide us. Mm. But I was um, a baby. I remember being literally a baby. In fact, I remember before I was born. Um, okay. Asking God, I knew I knew I was being born into a difficult family, um, and I asked God. Um, you're, I literally remember feeling this uh, this sense of, of injustice, saying, "You're joking me. Why am I? Why am I here?" So I do believe completely in previous lives. Um, I almost feel like I'm not on this earth. Um, the word Palladian, if it means anything to anyone listening to this, then, yeah. or, or Arcturian. But anyway, there is so much more to this universe. This is a multiverse. Yeah. But I connected with God as a, a baby, and I remember saying, well, why, God, am I here? And starting this conversation. Um, and when I was like going up through my childhood, I continued to ask this question. The answer I got was that I was with Adam. Um, and as I've explored my true soul, so we're all an individual soul yeah. running through different various lives. Um, I was given the message that I'm part soul of Lilith. Lilith and Adam were the the, the splitting of the first being, the man-woman. Yeah. Um, and Lilith came before Eve. Um, that's a whole other story. But yeah. Adam wanted to govern Lilith. This is all written about in the Bible, hidden away a bit in the Bible, actually, funnily yeah. enough, because it doesn't really serve... the. The, the religious messages yeah. so that was my beginning with spirituality because and I've always had um, 
other um, kind of experiences of going into other dimensions. I've gone to the highest point. I've gone to. I've. I've. I've connected with God energy, um, and I connect very easily with spirits. Um, we can see who's around now if you want, Sam. <laughs> your, see, face, your face is a picture. That, 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 that blows my mind a little because, and, and, I, and I guess many people, like, uh, I guess uh, the friend that we're referring to, maybe there are people that are quite cynical out there about spirituality, I guess, in saying that. But, so, but I'm, I'm keep, you're saying that you recognise from a young age, but uh, uh, you obviously got to a point in your. Uh, you, even through your childhood then was you always felt that you was in touch with your spiritual side or has it been a re- more revealed later in life and then you've been able to go back and, and look at that so I've, I've always you know I, to the point where when I used to go to, when I was about I remember about being like three or four going yeah. to the bathroom and thinking oh no God can see me pee that's gross that's that's how ingrained it was in me wow and 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 spirits can see me even like when I was getting changed in my bedroom, it's like so this, the, all these ghosts can see me naked. This is a bit weird, you know. And I remember used to like pull the curtains extra tight, think, oh oh no, I just felt made. Um, so it was just there was never any question for me. There, there is obviously way more. Um, my mum was very open to spirituality, so yeah. we used to do Ouija boards. Uh-huh, okay, okay, okay. Um, and I was the scriber, so I'd uh, the scribe, so I'd sit there and make the notes. And then I did my own Ouija boards from about age nine, wow. but completely respectfully. And it's really anything to do with anything to do with other dimension spirits. Yeah. It's so important to be respectful. It's all energy. Yeah, and it's, they're all entities, and I really truly believe that. Um, right. And so it was innate in me, really. And the experience through the Ouija board and connecting with all these different lives that came through, like hundreds of lives I used to write down like someone from the Spanish Armada um, a, a young boy from Swansea that died of cancer who gave a message for his mum no there was six of us and seven of us in the room nobody knew anything anyone to do with Swansea and we contacted this woman and, and well my mum did and she was so grateful and obviously it's got to be treated very carefully yeah, of course, yeah. some people you know the last thing to want to do is yeah you know, it, it, it's such a, a um it's such a feared, actually, area. But I think that's it. I think more, more people are probably, I guess speaking for me, like, I've never really thought a, a, a great deal about spirituality, I guess. don't Whether I believe it or not, I'm not, I guess I'm not too sure. Got, um, even the kids like now, now will say about God or something, you know, I, I, I think I'd like to believe that there's a higher power or there is... There's life after this. Is, is I'd like in my head. I'd like to believe that, whether I actually do or not. I don't. I don't. I don't think I've probably given it enough, my, my, enough time to th- to sort of think about it. You know, um, and it's interesting to see that like from. So you obviously there was an influence, I guess, in some way. If your mum was or your parents were 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 into spirituality, so you've had that that upbringing within that environment, which would obviously be more open-minded to it than maybe more other people. Yeah, no, knowing that there is so much more than what I am Hmm. um, was, was, like I say, it was just, I just knew that. That truth Hmm. was within me. And and I would offer that people that are cynical are actually people that have just, are choosing to forget because it's too fearful. Hmm. Because actually a big part of letting go of being just human is recognizing that that we're so much more we're so much yeah. more powerful 
So if 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 something called God yeah. created this earth, then what does that mean that we are? It means that we're a hell of a lot more than we think we are. Yeah. It means that, that that essence of energy is within all of us because we're just part of the planet. We're yeah. just part of nature. Nature is everything. And and so that is in all of us. And and exploring that maybe in your new um, breathing time in the yeah, morning, yeah, yeah. just asking yourself the questions. I really, you know, I'm not here to tell anyone to think a certain way, believe a certain way, but I absolutely know that we all have the truth within us. And you, yeah. if you give yourself time to ask yourself um, and give yourself time to really explore those questions yeah. within yourself, and you don't need to, you could just do it walking the dog. Yeah, yeah. You can do it wh- wherever, you know, I like driving and meditating and, I, you know, I'll, I'll do a bit of audio book driving and then I'll switch it off and I'll just, just think, just think and let yeah. thoughts mull along um, with no music on or anything as I'm driving long journeys. Whatever works, but it's the truth is within us. I really believe that and I have found my truth. I fell out with God for a number of years because actually I went to one of those awful Church of England schools that made you sit on the like wooden floor for an hour every morning, oh. listen to some hairy-nosed vicar who yeah. scared the bling lights at me, yeah. um, frightened me to death about God. So actually I decided God was a joke from about the age of seven. But I had faith in something. Yeah. Um, and I knew that we, I knew I and everything was much more than what I saw yeah. is what I knew. Um, but it took me god another 30 years to really understand what i believed god is as a point of creation as a an essence and it's a mother father god it's not i i'm i do go to a christian church actually but i absolutely tell them i I am not um i don't need to call myself a christian i just believe in that that there is a creator there is a an essence of what we all are within us um and that we can finding that faith for me, has given me that anchor, mm. given me that absolute, and I, I know, um, I know most of my life, I've had thousands of lives, I know a lot of them now, I, I've, you know, and actually, what I'd, what I'd like, like, if anyone's just a light enough bit, because it all gets quite heavy, <laughs> but, um, if, if you ever have any recurring dreams of something that's in the past, so yeah. one of mine was like, um, I'm in these like really long robes, you know, kind of, early early 1900s or late 1800s um, and I'm on, stood on the cliffs in Ireland yeah. and I can picture the cliffs really clearly um, and there's an old um, stone cottage nearby had this dream recurring again and again if anyone has a recurring dream like that I would offer that's a past life of yours and also mm. if you have anything that's karmic so any kind of strange reoccurrence in your life mm. um, so for me it was narcissists you know, yeah. wherever I turned, I'd bump into a narcissist, yeah. you know, and they'd really, tr- you know, try and piss me off, obviously, mm. and it would be t- very difficult. It only, uh, it was only allowing what existed within me and, and looking at that, going, right, okay, what's this showing me? Um, and then I realized that was a past life of mine. I used to be a narcissist in a past life. I was freaking horrible. You know, we've all been everything. Yeah. We've all been, you know, every type of, you know, and, and so that helped me to look at it because part of my work actually... Do you know, the fundamental core part of my work is healing, and I heal the soul. I heal the shadows around the soul. Carl Jung talks about the shadows around the soul, and mm. I can do the healing on it, like Reiki. I'm Reiki qualified. Yeah, yeah. I do Reiki on the soul, because if you can heal the shadows around the soul, you can then exist in your true essence of who you are. Um, and it's the shadows, actually. It's, the, it's those kind of... Um, 
those that baggage that we carry yeah. um, that stop us being who we really are, that stop us allowing our light to shine, that, that keep us in this, this um, narrative and this paradigm, this craziness of 3D. And um, that is what I feel holds people back, is, is recognizing that they are way more than that. Um, that we're here to all be the beacons of light and to be you know, who we choose to be and to be great, not just small or cookie cutters or minions. <laughs> Love that! Wow, it's very, it's really powerful, and it's in. It's I'm, I'm, I've always been. I'd like to think a very open-minded person, so and it's especially something that I guess I don't, I haven't explored enough, don't understand maybe, or haven't looked into to to explore to have those answers. It's fascinating to listen to you talk about it with such passion and clarity. I guess like a hundred percent that that's what you believe, and that's. It's an amazing place to be for you, know, I guess, and ultimately all of us are searching to bit find out who we really are and what our purpose is and et cetera and all those things that, that we sort of alluded to across the whole the whole of the conversation that we've been having. And it's 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 in, it's so interesting to 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 listen to you talk about it in that way. Oh, thank you. Yes. It's, it's really powerful. yes, but anyway, but we I'm I'm keen as well. Let's let us let us I want to talk. We mentioned a bit about the men, and that's fascinating mm. about that subject and 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 the narrative. Because like I said, I think that I think you're right. That narrative out there has got to change. And think like your book and allowing people those spaces to be able to be a bit more vulnerable. Because do, do you feel that like, there's been a shift since since lockdown over the last couple of years? Do you think there's been a shift in not just with men, but in general with people you speak to that their mindsets have have changed slightly? That well, there is more out there. I've got. Uh, more purpose-driven now and as opposed to how it was before and able to talk more openly and freely. Do you, have you found that a little bit, like events or, you know, or, or whatever you, people you speak to? Yeah, I, I absolutely do. And, and I hear it and I see it and I feel it. I think what has happened is, um, ironically, by people, people being at home, by people being empowered, by sat, sat on their own sofa in mm. their own home yeah. um, and going on Zoom. Yeah. Uh, firstly it has created um, an equal platform. So if you're in a big corporation um, or whatever whatever you are, mm. and you've ended up being you know, one, one by two inch square on a Zoom screen next to the CEO, next to you, it's equal as we are all always equal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Completely different dynamic to sat around a boardroom, completely different dynamic to a building. You know, some companies got brilliant high the top guys are on the, the presence of people i guess as well like you know yeah yeah, 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 yeah absolutely but all that higher all that perceived hierarchy oh, okay, has yeah. been wiped clean because everyone is just this big on a screen yeah. um, and they're all looking at each other and they're all equal um, and what that's enabled um, many people to do i think is to suddenly feel um, feel connected with who they are and actually see themselves as equal mm. um, and so you know you could almost just thank Zoom for it or yeah, yeah. there are other platforms yeah, yeah. I, I promise the, the you I'm not online, on sponsor here yeah, they're not, dropping, they're not uh, slipping me 5k for mentioning them four times um, but they you know I feel it's it's created that an ability for us to really step into ourselves and actually allow ourselves to be stronger in who we are stronger in our essence we've been more real we've had the kids and the dog come in mid important meeting um, it's been a real really good leveller and so it's given, and it's also given people a big opportunity to look at w- what their lifestyle is, 
why am why am I spending four hours a day commuting? Mm. What why why am I choosing to go to a place, um, you know, and put on a suit I don't even wear, wear not everyone wears suits anymore, but just even you know women men put on clothes they don't yeah. want to wear, yeah. um, and put on this kind of front put on this it's all about the putting on mm-hmm. but actually they've just been themselves more and people have given they've given themselves more time to say well actually this is important to me the mm-hmm. values of so many people has been reset yeah. and i think it's incredible it's one of the gifts i mean one of my books was silver linings yeah. um, which is all about these amazing positives of lockdown yeah. um, i didn't like saying lockdown the time when people were told to stay at home oh, yeah, some yeah. of us didn't yeah, um, yeah. but you know it it's a very it was a very incredible gift in a way yeah. um, and i think like you're saying some a lot of people connected with themselves more mm. and actually that's that's the corner you need to turn once you've turned that corner then it's all amazing because yeah. every day then People are leaving sales left, right, and center. Yeah. The, the people, these incredible souls that signed up for doing this like hard-nosed, you know, proper cutthroat sales work, yeah. leaving in their drones. You know, yeah, one yeah. guy on LinkedIn, he's got forty thousand um, messages on a LinkedIn post because he went from top sales honcho to posty, yeah. biggest smile wow. that you've ever seen, yeah, yeah. and he's happy as Larry. Because going back to what you're saying about the targets and the goals. Yeah his perceived target yeah. and place and point of reference for contentment yeah. was a certain size house but actually once he recognized that house was where he lived now or maybe just the next size up slightly or different then that is the fulfillment and delivering letters every day now is his fulfillment um, wow. so it's it's been an incredibly exciting time actually yeah. for humanity on many many levels yeah. Um, and so that, I think that's one thing that you can really see in corporates. Yeah, I, I really agree. Actually, I, I, I hope that I've no, I've noticed, especially from someone that networks a lot and goes out and sees people, and and, and it was just because ultimately we went, we was on Zoom, and you couldn't go, especially a lot of industries, Mark mine, especially at one point before Longter County Business Club, couldn't go on there and talk about firm balls and say we, you know, we've got we're an events company, and we're oh yeah, hey, getting on Sam, yeah, yeah, great, yeah, everything's it was absolutely terrible. So you. Had to, you, you was forced to be more honest, I think, and people. But I, I, what I'm hoping is that because I definitely have seen a shift, and I think people, even from messages on social media and stuff, people are okay and, and, and saying it's okay to be a bit more vulnerable. It's okay to say things are not great at a minute. I am struggling, to be honest. Um, and people can respond to that in a different way. You're not weak because you're showing a bit of vulnerability or things are not going that well. Um, and I hope, I really hope that we've taken, like, like you said, there's been a huge shift and I hope that we continue on that path as opposed to going back to, because ultimately, if we put that mask on, we can only wear that for so long, can't we, before our yeah. true self comes out. Yeah. Otherwise, you're going to live a quite a miserable life if you're constantly wearing a mask. And I think... Yeah. And it takes its toll. It takes yeah, its toll. Course, and ultimately on the body. Yeah. Um, it will manifest in heart attacks. It will manifest mm. in 
um, all sorts of conditionings, addictions, yeah, sure. um, because the body eventually takes, you know, says no. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it is about the mask, and yeah. and I think, like you say, we're, we're being at home, being on Zoom, mm. the mask has come off, yeah, you know, yeah. and and people are really, everyone's been through this collective time of of unusualness and difficulty yeah. together. Yeah. So naturally, we can actually be more, and that's that's the key. And uh, what I feel like you know you're saying is. Now it's t the time for corporates to really yeah, get to grips with this, it, yeah. to, to really, really put their own cultures under the spotlight and say, what do we do for our, our employees, mm. really? Yeah. I'm not talking about bonuses. Yeah. I'm not talking about incentive schemes that do this trip and that trip. Yeah. I'm talking about proper welfare. Yeah. And I'm talk talking about real systems in place that enable the staff to have somewhere to go, to have someone to contact that they can talk about when things aren't good. Because, you know, the workplace is, is what can. And, uh, you know, I was speaking to someone recently um, who's got uh, like a small business, but yeah. quite substantial. And, you know, one of his employees is going into work and exploding on a regular basis. The repercussions of that are immense so anyone listening to this that's got a corporate if you know this is going on you're not doing it anything about it the repercussions of that are incredible so mm. already it's cost productivity because the 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 knock-on effects of him and his behavior mm. have caused um, problems between two two um, groups of employees mm -hmm. um, have caused jobs to fail have caused um, you know brand um, brand disruption because yeah. obviously localized firm they've got to stay so the ripple effects of not supporting Support, your yeah, employees yeah. are immense yeah, yeah. and you will not even get to see or sniff them for another year some of them but ultimately i'm not you know it's not you can't just create a perfect you know rose tinted culture all the time mm. but seriously it's time that we create that zoom feeling yeah. everyone being equal and everyone mattering yeah. Mattering? Is that a word? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's we're not. Gonna, we're going we're, we're to use it. Ask we're the publisher. But <laughs> <laughs> um, everyone does need to matter yeah. and everyone does need uh, support. And actually, oh, gosh, I, I implore anyone listed with a business that yeah. I, I'm working with a guy called Neil Lawton, who I know yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're doing corporate, um, corporate sessions now yeah. because he comes at it from obviously the adventure and really really embracing yeah. our exciting part of our nature and I come from the compassionate uh, really embracing what you are on an emotional level yeah. um, the, these are important um, messages to get into cultures and to it's got to come from the top though yeah. there's no there's no good absolutely waste of time um, CEOs employing staff um, employing you know trainers uh, mentors like me to come in and give workshops if they're not going to walk the walk talk they're talk they're not going to embrace it they've themselves they've got to do it themselves yeah. and then yeah. they've got to model it they have to be the ones that you know make that point um, focus group is a local business yeah, yeah, yeah. they they have a family you know and yeah. I, I've I've mixed, I met know the CEO and either um, when that's just left you know still just gone through selling so, yeah, yeah. Um, I've met some of the employees now that is a family yeah. They they nurture each other, and you can feel it when you speak to even the you know the people that are doing like the um, the really basic jobs within that company. Yeah, that is what 
corporates can be. They can be a family. And that's a strong cult. That, that's where a strong culture lies, isn't it? And, and they, they will produce the most. They will have the less, the least sickness, the least amount of uh, absence, yeah. um, the most lo- loyalty. Um, the recruitment rate will be minimal. Every yeah. or every CEO, anyone listening to this will know this. But pull your finger out and freaking get on with it. No like point that. just looking at this. No point just talking about it. Yeah. Get on with it. Admit your culture is not what it could be, um, and admit that it's it's not been ideal. There's no the blame game shame, the blame shame game is over. Yeah. It's done. It, I feel like it's done for everything, even yeah. equality. It's done. There's yeah. no point. It gets us nowhere. It's time to just take action, yeah. um, create, and 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 a, a just have a, a time. Say right, this isn't right. Your, your figures might be brilliant. You might be selling. You might be doing hitting all your targets. If you're not looking after your employees, it will only last for a certain amount of time. The, you know, the emotional intelligence of people is the most valuable intelligence they have. And you've got to allow that to thrive and exist. Um, and I really believe that as AI grows, creative intelligence can grow. Mm-hmm. Let your employees be creative. Let them ask them, what would you like to do differently? Or, or how do you think the FD could be better? Yeah. Ask them that question yeah. because, you know, the people that are, have a bit less to do and aren't so stressed, they observe, they see, mm. um, you know, and I, I do a lot of some volunteering work for um, a homeless men's homeless charity. Yeah. And these guys see everything because they take the time to. And obviously they have the time to because yeah. they live on the streets. But they see everything. And I'd say there, there are people in your, in your work that, you know, your businesses that will see the better ways that to do things than, than yeah. you'll ever see them. Yeah. Ask them how to run the office. <laughs> I love that. Oh, so, uh, it's, some, it's, some, it's something I find, because culture is something I generally always talk about. Oh, it's brilliant to hear you talking like that. And I think that it's, it's the backbone of any business. If you've got a strong culture, I, I always talk about when I, I had the sell, I, I got it completely wrong. I, n- no, I, I know I did. I went in with a preconception of what that would look like and what I should be as a boss and not a leader, and I don't think I inspired people. And I, I you know, I, I learned so much from that failure. But one of the things I, again, why I always talk about it on here is culture, because it is the backbone of and and the heartbeat of a business. If you've got that strong culture, it will manifest and grow and 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 be a successful business based on. And I think so many people we talked about on a previous podcast as well about emotional intelligence, emotional value, that that is how, wouldn't it be amazing if actually success of a business was measured on that as opposed to economic value? Well, it is really. Mm. It is really, because if you're not looking at the, if that isn't being nurtured, then eventually it will catch up. Yeah. Because there will be, an, you know, and yes, okay, you can you can just about manage that, and you can if you drive people to the nth degree. Mm-hmm. Um, but ultimately, it is really because that is what takes its toll, and and people have been given this permission to be more real with themselves. Mm-hmm. So I really, especially this is a crucial time for business, crucial time for for econom- economies everywhere, because there is crazy things going on with energy. Um, you know, and the economy generally. So businesses are in a a beautiful time now, beautiful space to to grasp that that momentum of what we've just come out of and say, I'm going to look after my stuff. Whatever happens, I'm going to look after my stuff. And that includes me. That includes the CEO. You know, the CEOs must give themselves time 
to down tools. Yeah. You know, and I was speaking to someone the other day, he's like on his knees. It's like, you've got to give yourself time to be you and to not be the CEO oh, yeah. and, and to download because if you don't and you're, you are at the key point, I mean, I'd, I'd offer that actually every, every culture is strong. Every culture is strong. Mm. It's strong in itself. But what it needs to be is harmonious. Yeah. What it needs to be is, is human is what the culture needs to be. Yeah. And that's not a commercial culture. A commercial culture is about the figures and the facts and about productivity. Yeah. It's, about, it's about humanness. It's about equality. It's about um, valuing people individually. Um, because a toxic culture is strong and the police, uh, the Avon Somerset police when I joined was yeah. one of the most toxic police cultures existed at that time. Yeah. When I went to training college with 14 other uh, const constables constabularies yeah. um, present it was like oh god you're even a Somerset bad luck it was renowned wow. for being toxic it was renowned for being sexist one of the most toxic cultures that you could probably ever get yeah. but especially thrown in with the pressure of doing that incredibly long hour job yeah, and dealing course. with what we dealt with that was a strong culture too so I, I would offer it's, it's not necessarily strong because every culture even if it's a, a three three person business or a, mm. a three thousand business, has a strong culture, but it has to be a harmonious right. one. It has to be a human culture that values the essence of what we are as humans, um, allows and encourages people to come to work to be themselves. Because if you're not allowing that, then you're asking people to not not be who they truly are putting on like we're saying putting on the mask putting on the, the the suit that isn't right for them um and and why 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 should someone give you that all if you're expecting them to do that mm -hmm. um and but it, it's got to come from the managers it's their time to and if not then do something else you're absolutely i think you're spot on with it and i think from that like you say hopefully there's a shift and there's a change in minds and pe and so many companies small large whatever that looks like have come out of the last two years and and almost been forced to they, we've been forced to ch change things haven't we that's what covid did it forced us to change things whatever that looked like and to change that mindset around it and, and look at it from a different view and that's how obviously change happens and hopefully like you say we're Hopefully, we're moving in that right direction. Yeah, I hope so because yeah. you know, ultimately, if we're not looking after ourselves, we, you know, things can change in a heartbeat. It's one thing. Another thing that we've realised mm. is that the, the the people currently in place in our governance systems mm. have the ability to um, press the stop and go button. Yeah, yeah. I mean, don't even let's not yeah, even let's, go there. Well, that's another podcast. <laughs> another podcast, that one, Sam. But they they have. But ultimately, we've got to look after ourselves yeah, and we've yeah. got to look after each other. Because ask any if there's any you know, and I am slightly men or women, but any boss, any owners, owner of your businesses, um, if they ask their partner, what would you prefer, me healthy and me alive ten years time, or me on my knees, um, heart conditions, whatever. Um, and you know, and in a smaller house, you know, sorry, so yeah. me in the big house, but uh, you know, on hot, or me in, in a smaller house, healthy, and us having, you know, just a happy, um, more joyful life. There's only one answer. I yeah, think that most, of course, of most partners would give them, and so letting go of that idea that you're there to 
create that magic. There's no magic wand, there's only now, and just being in that now, being in that present, is what we're here to do. And uh, yeah, I hope people hope Love people that. can hear that and do that. Love that. Uh, listen, we're, we're just coming towards it. It's been, I knew it would be just fascinating. I could sit here for another three hours <laughs> and chat into it. It's been, it's been a moment. But look, we are coming towards it. I just wanted a couple of last sort of questions. Tell, tell me, what does the future hold for you? So the future hold for me, I, I've always had this, um, since I went there 20 years ago, this desire, this intention to be part UK-based. Mm. And now I live here, obviously not in London anymore. So Sussex is a beautiful place to, to, for my lifestyle and business. Yeah. And San, Santa Barbara, California. So mm. I'm really actually, you know, so one of my pre- many previous lives was in Sioux Tribe. So California is my true home. Right, okay. So the future looks for me probably half the year here half the year there wow um i've got some clients there but i'm i'm growing my business there as well and to get onto the radio radio station tv show as well talking about purpose about dharma what we're here for that's what my future holds um yeah and and it will be probably you know next time i'll be i'll be on the other side of the atlantic hopefully sam wow <laughs> i'll come over there and we'll do it over there oh, if that's okay great idea great idea come on brilliant in. well look, um we're going to finish as we with just a couple of quick fire questions so the, the, the first one what one piece of advice would you give to your 18 year old self yeah i love this question um forgive sooner and love more William. and then as, as I've mentioned a few times obviously I've got this is something I've I've been doing for this series where I've, my previous guest has left the question um, so the previous guest left you this question which was if you could go back five to ten years or to the start of your business career what what would you do if anything different oh that's a do you know I as much as there I definitely I definitely um, definitely would have liked to have already have the radio show now already yeah. have half the business in California yeah. um, but that's again expectation yeah. the answer is nothing because I now the, the way I truly believe life is is that we can value and enjoy and, and gain something from the experience of everything and all the all the crazy intricacies of my business, I wouldn't change a thing. It's, it's been a roller coaster ride, um, but I absolutely value all of it. So, nothing. Love that. I love that. <laughs> what an amazing way to finish. Joe, listen, I, I honestly can't thank you enough. And uh, I guess apologies for turning into a bit more of a, a, a therapy <laughs> session for me. It was, but it was it, fascinating. It I think that for me personally. Uh, I've there's so much I can't wait to go back and listen to it again and there's so many things to take away and I'm sure a lot of listeners will as well and yeah I mean if, I if anyone's listening um, so I, I offer a 30 minute consultation yeah. for free Amazing. so if you're listening to this and you're intrigued and listening to the way I'm you know um, but also you know I'm I'm very good at what I do I, I can get to the the crux of what a challenge is yeah. and if anyone's listening now let me know text me or whatsapp me or yeah. email me joebaldwinmentor at gmail.com half an hour free call if there's a burning issue for you right now love to help you because um, sometimes it just needs a different perspective can tweak it can just look at it from a different angle 
and I can get to the root of that challenge for you. You can let it go and go on and carry on then being your happy, joyful self. Amazing. Thank you so much. What a great way to finish. And that, as they say, is a wrap. 